0: Hey there, New Life Church, Tyler here, and I am so excited you're joining us for our digital campus. It's gonna be a great day, a great Sunday, or whatever day of the week you're watching this. We have a service for you guys. Hit the like, that's a little thumbs up under this. Stay active in the chat. We've got links in the description. Anything you need, just communicate it through the internet and we will communicate back to you. We have school starting back really soon. We just started it a couple weeks ago with NLC College going great, by the way. And we are going to pray for all the students, teachers, administrators, and even the parents later in the service. So stick around for that. Coming up next, we've got worship. Then after that, Pastor Rick, he's bringing the word. And we want you guys to stay active, talk in the chat, give comments, whatever you want to enjoy this service. It's going to be a great day, New Life Church. Let's go and let's worship together.
1: Hey New Life Church, I love worshiping with you. I hope that song ministered to you. I gotta be honest with you. We were in a meeting recently and we invited the worship team in and they led worship and they led with that song and everyone in that room was encouraged in a great way. So we thought we would play it for you. I hope it made a difference. And if we go for him, anything can happen. So with that in mind, I told you last week I was going to share with you about vision, vision for the fall. We always do that about right now. And so I'm going to take a little bit of time and explain it to you. And I hope that you will jump in with us. I'm begging that you will. Here's the problem. The pandemic, this season, it's been difficult. Some of our campus pastors recently got together. In fact, we all did And we started discussing the fall how can we do small groups and life groups and mentor people and get into the word together and just lead the church how can we do it in brick and mortar buildings and also right here on the digital campus it's complicated but we remembered several years ago we did the year of the bible it was the best year we ever had with discipleship and growing in the lord the relational side of our church was off the charts because we were all reading the same portion of scripture every day and then we were speaking about it in life groups and on the weekend and we've never forgotten that. We almost did it again this year. So we decided, what if we could do that in the last part of this year since it's kind of complicated out there? Well, we really can't. You can't read the whole Bible in in a half a year. Some can, but a lot of people can't do that. So we decided to take the red ink the life of Christ. We decided to take what Jesus was saying and to start there. So I went out and got one of our staff members who in my opinion is the best Bible teacher in the world. I'm I'm not kidding, I would never say that, but it's true, the strongest that I know. His name is Mark Turnage. And when he teaches the word, I'm, I'm blown away because there's so much I still have to learn And so we've asked him to teach three minutes a day on video where he breaks down the portion of scripture that we are reading, he teaches it to us, and then we can teach it at our small group, we can teach it to our family, we can just learn from watching the videos. And then on the weekends, all the campus pastors, including me right here, we will teach from the portion of scripture that you just read, or the portion of scripture that you're about to read, which means we're gonna all be getting fed together, it's a great way to live right now. So we're not asking you to lead necessarily. We just want you to learn with your family. During this season, maybe there's another family who's come over to your home a lot. You're confident to be around them without your mask or whatever it might be. This would be good. This would be a great place to start to get them to get in the Word with you. And we're going to grow. There's a lot more details about it, but I wanted to unfold that to you now because these are strange times and we need the Word desperately. So that was our primary objective and I thank God that He showed us what to do. With that in mind today, I want to teach you on how to keep your cutting edge. I've called it how to get your cutting edge back. Right there in the Old Testament, I was speaking to the staff recently about this. and In 2 Kings chapter 6, and verse 1 through 7, it says, The company of prophets said to Elisha, that's shah, not Elijah. Uh, these two were very close, Elisha and Elijah with a J. Uh, but it's, it's amazing to me how powerful they both were. Uh, one did like eight major miracles and the other did like 16 major miracles. They were like in a small group together, but powerful. They were prophetic. and uh, One of them raised somebody from the dead. One of them called down fire from heaven. Uh, one of them, when he died, Elijah, when he died, he was like on a vehicle with fire attached to it. And he went straight to heaven. He and only one other person, Enoch, uh, they never died. They just went to heaven without dying. I mean, that's a trip. Well, Elisha, Elijah's friend saw that, and right before that happened, he asked for Elijah to give him a double portion, and it happened. The main takeaway from this is that they loved God and they grew together because they wanted to. I think the reason why God used Elijah so much is that he had Elisha. As well Like God loves to pour into you When you're pouring into someone else That's our vision for the fall So keep that in mind He said look the place where we meet with you Is too small for us One of these young people told Elisha that Elijah's already gone He says let us go to the Jordan Where each of you And each of us can get a pole And let us build a place there For us to meet And he said go that's what good leaders do. They give you some space. And then one of them says, "Want not you please come with us, with your servants? That's what good leaders do as well is they don't try to do things alone. And then he said, I will. Elisha replied. And he went with them and they went to the Jordan and began to cut down trees. And as one of them was cutting down the tree, the iron axe head fell into the water. So he's cutting down this tree and all of a sudden the, the axe head, the cutting edge, it's not there it fell into the water and he said oh no my lord in other words he was honest so he's admitting this crying that out he said it was borrowed and the man of god asked elisha said where did it fall like you lost your cutting edge where did you lose it where did it fall And when he showed him the place, Elisha cut a stick, here's the miracle, he cut a stick, threw it in there, and made the iron float. So now all of a sudden, it's right there in front of him. Lift it out, he said, then the man reached out his hand, and he took it. So he had it back. So let's just go ahead and assume just for a second that some of you, you used to have this cutting edge and now you've lost it. Like the things that you try to do for the Lord, you were really sharp there for a while. Everything you were doing, every time you hit up against the tree to try to build, there were chips flying, but now it's just dull or it's not there at all and you want it back. How do you do that? Well, we're gonna learn from this passage of scripture. With that in mind, recently I was reading a story about this older man who was a lumberjack and he was getting up in age, but they had a contest on who could chop the most wood and and then stack it up and all that. And uh, well, they they started. And these strong guys are hitting and it was an all-day event, 12 hours this thing lasted. Well, when it was done, they counted up the, the weight and this older man won it all. And so they went over to him and said, how did you do this? We, we even noticed you you get tired and go and rest in that shack over there about every 45 minutes. And here we were, never stopping, and you beat us. He goes, well, because when I went into that shack, it wasn't the rest. He said, I was resting. But what I was really doing was sharpening my axe head. And when I would come back out, it would not only be sharper uh, so I could cut better, but it would encourage me because I would see the chips flying again That's the reason why I'm speaking about this. I want you to see the chips flying again because there's nothing worse than just vibration and energy moving with nothing changing. Here's the first thing we can learn. Expect to make modifications to grow. Expect change. It says the place where we meet with you is too small for us. so they needed to make the modification. Interesting enough, New Life Church, we have never had more people come in the church than we do right now, if you count the digital campus. We have so many people, it's real hard to even pastor them. Many of you that are with me right now, it's hard to pastor you, but the truth is, we have more than ever attending our church. But we've also never had more space, like in our buildings. So this is just strange because we have more space, but we don't have enough face, like enough people to help us build this. So we've had to make modifications. How? I'll give you an example. On the online campus where you are now, it used to be that we would speak to you through the cameras in the auditorium. Nothing wrong with that, but it was like crumbs from the table. We were speaking to the people in the building And you were kind of watching in instead of speaking to you. So we've made that change to where we can speak to you right now. Same word, but directly at you. Well, it's also changed for us in the building. Uh, Every weekend, more and more people are coming back into our buildings. If you haven't tried that yet, you should try it but I like it now because it used to be where I spoke to the people in the building, but I had to think about those that were outside of the building. So it was hard relationally just to be in the moment. We were never really present. So now that we've made these modifications, it's just changing. And I love that. That's that's the reason why I also love small groups because you bring it from a, a monologue like I'm giving right now Uh, to a dialogue where you discuss the word. So we always want to get into smaller and smaller groups. That's how you grow in God. And they said, let us build a place there for us to meet. God is is always looking for the next place. He's always looking for the next way to minister to you. And and I just want to throw out, Elijah and Elisha, the reason why they were so close is because they were accountable. Elisha, he was paying attention to Elijah. He was accountable to him. I've done this many times through my life. I still do not live alone. I have people who check on me. I've had seasons where my mentor really didn't check on me, and it's 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 difficult. Everyone needs someone who will try to see, how are you doing? Otherwise, you're just gonna take another lap. I had to go and meet with a church this week that's about to fall apart because the pastor, he was just like going through the same problems because no one could speak into his life. And then he invited me in. And man, I found some problems over there. Uh, But we spoke directly to them and I see some changes. But here's a question. What is in your life right now that if you were to move closer uh, to someone else or closer to the will of God, that it would change? Like what does the Lord want to change and make more space for him? And where where is that? Number two, you must admit that you lost it. Or you got to at least admit that you're losing it. As one of them, the scripture says in verse five, as one of them was cutting down a tree... The iron axe had fell into the water. He admitted it. You're never going to grow. I'm not either. Until we get honest and to admit that you've lost it. I like to watch golf on TV and right now over the last few years because there's cameras everywhere that some of these players are getting caught cheating. It's right there on camera. Uh, some of the players will deny it. No, I wasn't, and then they should see it on camera. They show them what happened on camera and it's like, no, I, did, I didn't know that happened. And they're cheating and they're getting caught. But recently in a tournament, one of the players did something that could have been interpreted as wrong, but in a place where there was no camera, and it was obvious but he still called the rules officials over and it could have cost him the tournament. And he called them over and he said, when I was about to hit this shot, let me tell you what happened. And he just was transparent and he let them know this is what happened. Is that illegal or not? He didn't have to do that. Then why did he do it? Because we're all better when we're honest. And so if you've lost your cutting edge, the best thing you can do is just to admit it. I was recently playing disc golf with my son Hunter. And as we were playing, I noticed he's gotten really good at this game And because uh, I don't play that often. And from the last time, he's much better. I said, Hunter, as you play with different people in disc golf, have you noticed that some are breaking the rules? And he goes, Dad, it's shocking how many of them cheat. And then I said, what does that mean to you? Because it's really kind of discouraging. I never say anything about it, but but I remember, you know, about this. He said, but interesting enough, the people who are cheating are having the least amount of fun out here. They're taking it way too serious. They're never happy. They're just trying to cheat. <laughs> I think that's the way a lot of us are in God, in our relationship with the Lord. Like, if you want to know how to get your cutting edge back, at least... Get honest before your God and say, hey, I'm not doing so well here. And then number three, we must remember our talent and purpose is on loan from God. He said, oh no, my Lord, he cried out, it was borrowed. Would you listen to me for a second? I know you're probably creative or smart, uh, the way that you can engineer things, Maybe you're good with your words. Uh, I don't know. But I just want to ask you to remember something. Your talent is on loan from God. Like you could lose everything in one day. I think it's good to remember He's God and you're not. So even if you are extremely smart, God gave you that. We always get into trouble when we forget that. And we always forget that. Adam and Eve. The first sin is related to that. They had it perfect, and then all of a sudden, they started thinking, well, maybe I need to get something on my own away from God. And when they did, huge problems. What about Judas? Judas thought, hey, I got an idea on how I can make some money on the side without Jesus. Didn't work out so well for him. What about Ananias and Safari? We know that they had it together But they manipulated, they lied, they hid out, they were not honest. They thought they could trick the people, trick God. And man, it did not end well for them. Read about them sometime today. And and, and I think it's important, you know, scriptures like in Psalms 24 and 1, it says the earth is the Lord and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. And it says in Hebrews 3, 4, For every house is built by someone, but God is the builder of everything. So maybe you did something, you've achieved something, but God is in on it all. It's just great to just get humble before the Lord and to admit that. Here's the truth. You ain't nothing. I think it's good for me to know. Do you think for a second that this church has to have me pastor it for it to grow? No chance. It's just I'm just blessed to be able to be a part of the church. You're blessed just to be a part of the kingdom of God, a part of your family, a part of your job, your calling. It's important, yes. Don't get discouraged on that. But God is using us in spite of us. I think it's very easy to forget that. And Number four, your faith in Christ needs to find out where it was lost. Where, Elijah said in verse six, where did it fall? That's the most important question, where? You know what I've noticed through the years? Christians ask great questions if they love you. You need to give a Christian a chance to ask you tough questions. This is what Elisha did. Where? Hey, you lost it. He didn't say, oh, well, you lost it, get another one. No, where did you lose it? If you think about that, you might think, man, I lost it when the pandemic came. Or I lost it when my wife left me. I lost it when I got sick. I lost it when I stopped doing devotions every day. I lost it when my marriage was just crumbling before my eyes. I I, I lost it when a friend let me down and hurt me. I think it's important you know where you lost it, but it's not just so you can know. It's so you can get it back. Do you have that cutting edge right now? To show you what I mean, look in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 21. This is one of my favorite verses about being honest. Look at this verse. For we take thought beforehand and aim to be honest and absolutely above Suspicion, not only in the sight of the Lord, but also in the sight of men. It's in counseling. Many times people will avoid, like they'll come and meet with me as a pastor. They'll they'll just show up, especially when I did a lot of counseling, but they'll show up sometimes and they know they need to admit something, but they chicken out right at the last second. They'll tell me about this later. Like they came in for one reason, but when they went to admit it, they went to something else instead of admitting where they lost their edge. Have you ever admitted to God where you lost your edge? Have you told anyone else? I think a great place to live is is when you do that. It says in verse 6, when he showed him the place. So not only did Elisha ask, but he showed him the place. And number five, God will always provide a way. Many times he does it differently than our imagination, but he always does it. Do you remember the old story? Preachers have told this for a year ago. Was, was, uh, there was a big flood and he was on top of his house and about to die. He said, Lord, I need to trust you. I trust you now. I trust you right now to save my life. He said, for the first time in my life, I'm gonna trust you. It was about that time that a man came by with a life jacket and said, here's a life jacket. Can you swim? No, I can't swim. Well, here's a life jacket. He goes, I don't need it. God's going to save me. I was like, whatever. He left. And a while later, somebody came in a boat and said, hey, here's a boat. Get in. Let's go. I'll save your life. He goes, no, I'm trusting the Lord. Lord's going to save me. And then a helicopter came through a ladder. He said, climb the ladder with you.' He said, no, it's okay. The Lord is going to save me. Then the guy drowned, and when he got to heaven, he looked at the Lord, he said, Lord, I thought you were gonna save me. You didn't take care of me, and the Lord said, are you kidding, I sent you a life jacket, a boat, and a helicopter, and you didn't take heed to any of it. So a lot of times in our imagination, we kinda think it's gonna be one way that God rescues us, but it could be a different way, but pay attention. When you reach out to grab it, you're gonna be so glad that you figured out his plan. And then number six, you're the only one, like the only one, you're the only one who can pick up your cutting edge. No one else can do it for you. You can have people who support you. Um, You can have great leadership, mentors. You can have somebody who's really close to you who is so much like God but you can't get them to pick up your cutting edge. you got to do it. It says in verse 6, When he showed him the place, the place where he lost it, Elijah cut a stick and threw it there and made the iron float so a godly friend helped point out the obvious. But he then said, lift it out like you lift it out. Elisha didn't do it. And then in verse 7, then the man reached out his hand and he took it. Okay, I wanna say something that's a little bit of a warning. I think it's very important that you understand that you can't just keep going without your edge. Waiting for another day. We used to sing this song uh, when I was a young person. It said, tomorrow, we'll just wait for tomorrow. Tomorrow, we'll do this tomorrow. No, today, the Bible says, today is the day of salvation. This reminds me recently, um, I was kind of hungry and I just wanted to get something quick for I went into a meeting, so I stopped to get French fries. I was glad Michelle wasn't with me because she would always eat my French fries and that just makes me mad. You should see the war zone that creates when she even looks in the bag much less when she grabs a handful. I've seen her do it, it's not good. So I was alone, had a lot of confidence. I get to eat these fries by myself, yeah, yeah. Got some ketchup, cause that's how we roll. I'm eating these fries, putting ketchup on, but I got a little too into it. I stopped paying attention to what was floating right there in front of me. And what it was, was a train. <laughs> <laughs> it was actually a, a railroad crossing that I didn't see until the last second because I got a little bit of ketchup on my shirt. So I'm trying to wipe it off, trying to clean my shirt. I got a meeting I got to go to. So I got so much going on. I looked up, and there was a, a railroad crossing, and so I was able to stop. And sure enough, it was a good thing I stopped because that train was coming through. He ended up blowing his horn. It was loud. I don't think I was about to die, but what if I wouldn't have looked up? And that's, that's where I get concerned. Some of you, I'm just afraid if you don't look up and see what's in front of you. It's like the Lord spoke to me. What was on your shirt, that ketchup is not near as important as the locomotive right in front of you. Same with this verse. Whatever it is that's got you distracted, trying to clean up some things, trying to put everything in the right order, trying to get out of all the trials of life. No, what's most important is what is floating right in front of you. Like your relationship with God, God is saying, Would you look at me and give me a chance? If you don't see this right now, I think there could be a lot of regret attached to it. So I'm not preaching condemnation. I am preaching life. Let it be said and let it be done. Distractions are not near as good as getting that edge back and hearing the chips fly. Like reach out, grab is like, bam, it's back on. It's just great accomplishment to be reconnected with God. So bow your heads, and let's do that right now. Lord, I thank you for everyone listening. It's hard to get to a digital site. Uh, we have to put away all the distractions It's possible. Some of us can't put them all away. Maybe kids are running through the room now. Maybe other things are happening. But I do know one thing. We cannot get distracted on this thing. We can't be distracted with your will, away from your will. We can't get distracted away from your word. We can't get distracted away from things that are destroying our relationship with you. But we have, and we repent, Lord God, of our sin, of our waywardness, of our hesitation. And and Lord, what we want more than anything is you. So we turn and we face you and worship you in spirit and in truth. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I know some of you made decisions for the Lord. Please let us know about that in the chat room, but I tell you we're not done. Let's go back into worship and I want you to notice the difference of the way you worshiped the Lord before the Word versus the way you worship the Lord now. The Word is. It matters. Let's seek Him with all of our heart.
0: Hey, New Life Church, Uh, real quick, we're about to take a moment to pray for all of the students and teachers going back to school and also the families of those teachers and students. So wherever you're at, if you could go ahead and bow your head for just a second and close your eyes. Uh, Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we just wanna pray a prayer of blessing and of peace over these students, God, for when they walk back to school, that they're not consumed with fear, But they get to see their friends and they're full of joy god god i pray that they learn more than ever this semester lord i also want to pray for our teachers god and i pray esther chapter 4 over them that they know that they are called for a time such as this and so when they wake up in the morning that it's not dreadfulness that holds over them god but it's excitement god i pray that you remind them of why they chose this occupation and they don't take a moment for granted Lord, I just pray for energy, joy, and peace and safety over these students and these teachers. Lord, we love you, and in Jesus' name. Yes, God, and right now we also wanna lift up the families of the parents and the students that are going back to school. We just pray as they go back to work this semester that they will just be able to have a peace, from you about where their students will be and that everything will be okay, Lord. We just In your word, it says that you have not given us a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. And we pray that over those families right now, Lord. We thank you that they are going to feel strong and confident in where their students and where the teachers are going this semester. We just thank you so much for who you are and what's going to happen this semester. In Jesus' name, amen.
1: Amen. We love your new life. Thank you. Okay, each and every week, people are giving. I mean, they are giving faithfully. Uh, Some of you have lost your job, so we'll just pray for you. You can't give if you don't even have a job. But if there's income coming in in any way, uh, then this is where we give. Uh, A lot of our people give 10%, and then some over that. If that's not where you are right now, start somewhere, but everybody giving something. You'd never go to a restaurant and eat and just walk out. Well, we just met with the Lord. So let's be faithful in our giving because we got a lot to do for God. And this is a very complicated season and the intimidation is there on all of us. But I'll tell you what encourages me is how faithful people are in their giving. Widows. In our church, people who are poor, people who are wealthy, yeah, people who are young and old, just steady. And I just want to thank you for that. But my favorite part of the weekend, other than those that get saved, that's the that's that's the favorite part, is when we close out the service every week, uh, praying over you, and and I just want to encourage you to. Uh, take your hands right now and just open them in front of you and I'm going to pray a prayer of blessing before we say bye and I hope this week I hope you're protected by God I hope you find the edge that you need I hope you seek him with all of your heart let's not lose it you got it back let's not put it back down let's pray Lord I thank you for your mighty hand on us thank you Lord God for the way that you're you're there for us when we call upon your name. and Some of the people that I'm praying for right now, they're hurting. And there's deep problems there. Well, we know that you're close to the brokenhearted. Uh, some people, uh, it feels like all of life is crumbling around them. Uh, we know that it, at times that life is about laughter, and other times it's more about mourning. And you pay attention to how we're doing you wept before for the city of Jerusalem, for another time for Lazarus. I mean, you care about the needs of the people. So God, I ask that you minister to them right now in the way that only you can. Lord, I pray that you'll bless them, that your face will shine upon them, that they'll be blessed going in and coming out, that they'll be more like a lender instead of a borrower. Lord, help us with ideas. Help us with complication. You're a creator, God. Give us creativity. Lord, some are trying to figure out how are they going to do all the things that they have to do. Show them what to say no to. Show them what to say yes, even louder to. But more than anything, Lord, I pray that we'll always walk around with that cutting edge that we need to do what we're called to do. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your grace. And thank you for helping us right here at church. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. New Life Church, some of you are a part of the digital campus. We're going to meet with you every week. But some of you, you may be able to go back to a building. Go and try it out. See if you like it. Let us know, even in the chat room, if you've done that recently. It's as safe as it could possibly be. And I love what God is doing throughout our church at NLC. God bless you.